Shrimp on the barbie. Shrimp, 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 shrimp on the barbie. Do you respect that? That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. Do you not pee in the pool? Do you, 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 you not pee on the barbie? All of myself is clean. Broadcasting from the poop deck of the heavy hooker, welcome to the Hardmark Podcast, a show where I, Eric Donaldson, a wrestling fan of over 30 years, introduce one match per episode to my co-host who has never watched wrestling. We talk about the backstory, we watch the match, then we rank that match on our ever-growing list. The purpose of this show is twofold first, to see what happens when someone who's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches, and secondly, as a window into the mind of the man of 54,097 compliments the soul skater the mater d of matt drama the tampa bay topsider the living painting the talent the rajah of radon flying ryan murphy how are you doing today ryan very well good <laughs> glad to hear that fantastic on the right here on the poop deck we got the heavy hooker back <laughs> we're broadcasting live in the bahamas <laughs> wind in our hair Catching some barracudas. Yeah, some bar- I've, I've never eaten barracuda. Have you had barracuda before? No. That's like a big <laughs> fish, right? I believe it is a big fish caught in the Caribbean. Mm. I'm not mistaken. Oh man, you're you're quite the quite the sailor. You know so many sailing things. Well, Eric, I've had a boat or two in my life. You know, <laughs> uh, is it a boat or is it two boats? It's a boat. It's a boat or it's a boat or two. A boat and a raft. I don't know if. <laughs> If I say I had a boat or two, it could be, it could be a boat or two. I mean, I, technically it's the truth. By that logic, you could also say you had a boat or a hundred. Right. <laughs> okay, you're not disputing. Okay, well then, I guess we're in agreement on, on that. So you're just, you're just churching it up for the listeners. Well, welcome everybody to episode 44 of the Hardmark Podcast. We are here. Uh, we're, we're settling into 2022, and I think we're settling in rather nicely here today what do you think ryan are you going to go along with this uh fake date thing or are you just going to shit on all all over it like you usually do like the fact that we're in 20 that this is being aired in 2022 yeah i mean you know i wish it's not that i don't want to it's just that like (laughs) i'm still firmly in october 2021 i like that not only do you not go along with it but you're actually like getting more specific about how it's definitely not january of 2022 right now right (laughs) all <laughs> right uh how how's the fitness quest uh we we <laughs> as a reminder we're we are dead set ladies and gentlemen we are getting ripped to death for memorial day 2022 how's how's your fitness journey coming along here i think by that date i should be just fine okay by that date gotcha okay yeah, so, yeah. so you got some time i don't like to set dates nor have i ever set dates but by that date i think i should be i should be ready to Show the viewers how far along I've, I've, I've come. Have you have you eaten any um, medium or large sized pizzas by yourself recently? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great pizza spot right next to us. Uh, so now they serve it in slices, so I get two large slices. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so you're not yeah. eating an entire pizza to yourself usually, except for that one time where you did. I probably yeah. I mean I. <laughs> Like I, I am totally capable of putting down like a like a full pizza, like a full like DiGiorno. Like I, you know, 
Oh, sure, or, yeah. Or, you know, Freshetta. Anyone could. I do. <laughs> Regularly. But now I'm, I am, I am, you know, I'm easing off. I'm, I'm, I brought back one of my, my favorite food items that I forgot about for a long time. And it's just a turkey sandwich with Tabasco sauce and dill weed. That's it. <laughs> First of all, I don't do name calling on this show, please, Ryan. Uh, secondly, speaking of the, the, and I feel like now that I'm looking at myself in the camera here, this must be distracting. Let me adjust this a little bit. You're very low. Here we go. Is that that's a little bit? You stuck your chair early, and I just didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I like a nice, comfortable. Uh, I like a nice recline. Do you prefer sitting low at your desk or high at your desk? This is how I sit when I'm working. So low. I mean, it's not so much low as it's reclined. My uh, my office chair uh, has a recline functionality, which is what I'm doing right now. I feel like you dropped your your chair before this started. You like you. You took the lever, you dropped yourself. I did not. No, no. False. Erroneous. I did not. I reclined myself. So if you if you were to watch a man in a recliner, it would appear on the surface level that he's lower, but in reality, he's just reclining backwards. That's what I did. Well, incline yourself really quick. Let me see. I don't want to. I already got, like, I did all this work to get myself comfortable, but okay, fine. Fuck it. God damn it. So you you just reclined. That's a nice chair. That's a yeah. No, you're right. You're, you're yeah. Okay. All right. I believe you. So now I'm settling back into the recline okay. mode. Now is, is nice. that good enough for I, you, Ryan? I believe you. I saw it with my own eyes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a that's a yeah. That's a chair with functions. Let me give you just before we move on <laughs> one one quick chair idea that I that is worth five hundred dollars to me. I want to be able to raise and lower myself on a chair without having to like get up, right? Like, so I can lower myself on, oh. you know, but I want to be able to re raise myself as needed. Hmm. And maybe just, you know, like all day, just up and down, like as I pull that lever. Like, I <laughs> why would you? Uh, okay. Having seen your fidgeting firsthand, I feel right. like this invention would be horrible for you. Because that's all you would spend do- your time doing all day. It's is- what I want to do right now. If I could <laughs> do it, I'd be I would be up and down on this like broadcast the entire. That's what I want. Like I would spend I would spend five hundred dollars on that chair uh, <laughs> if I could. You know, again, up and down. Next time you're so, here, you and me will yeah. take a will take a look. Maybe this chair does that. I don't. I don't know. It, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd have to find some instructions. Maybe and- we'll put it together correctly. And it's, we'll see. It's true, yeah. It's I, I don't know. Maybe I I mean I famously fucking hate putting things together. That's like oh, one of the agreed, main traits agreed. that I have. Like we've talked about the barbecue situation before, right? Ah, uh, kills me, man. Okay. All but right. Greta put together my barbecue, so in fairness, I have no place to like <laughs> she got it for a present and then put it together, so Did I tell yeah. you that I got rid of the barbecue? Ah, uh, Eric. Was it in a box? It was it was just strewn in multiple pieces, and when they picked up the old couch and everything, I was like, "Take this fucking barbecue! I'm never gonna I'm never gonna assemble this thing." So okay, again, before we move on, sorry, I have to address <laughs> this really quick. No, it's usually me that's coming up with the random thing, so it's it's a nice no. I mean, there's just pace. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, so like between chairs and barbecues, <laughs> assembly. Like, yeah, yeah, some assembly the, required. The so I moved out here. I had a lot of stuff in my car, and I kind of like slowly moved it out to enough where there's still like some stuff that I was just like I don't want to bring in, so just have it in my car. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. 
So it's just like it's just like a big box. I don't need it. I, I don't want to get rid of it necessarily. But like, regardless of the point of the story, the point is, is when I went to go get a barbecue, I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna get this barbecue. It's a good deal. Mm-hmm. I need one. I don't want to assemble it. I, I, I hate assembling stuff. I could do it, but I just you know, I don't care for it at all. Yeah, yeah. So now, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that, 100%. Like, and so, so me and the Lowe's lady are out there, and she's like showing me these barbecues, and she's like, I think we could just get this one in your car. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, and I'm like shifting stuff around. Again, I have stuff in my car that's like, you know, and, and we fit this entire barbecue into my, the back of my Subaru Outback, fully assembled, ready to go. Oh, fully and assembled. Nice. Fully assembled. Did you have to pay extra, or is just that style no, of barbecues no. always just, assembled? Un- unlock the one that was out there on, on for show for, and we just, we lifted it up and we put that thing in and fully assembled. I took it back home, brought it to my backyard and never had to set it up. All I did was, it was amazing. And again, the previous one that I had, Greta bought it for me and she assembled it as a, as a gift. And so like, I don't think I, I don't, I, I can't recall last time I assembled a barbecue. Right. Well, and like, I can't think of a situation where you could have possibly ever given her a gift as meaningful as her assembling a barbecue for you. No, and I totally agree with that. And it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was one of the sweetest things that like like that was almost better than the barbecue was the fact that she went out there and fucking set this up. She built this barbecue. You know? Yeah, I've heard I've heard of like parents assembling playhouses for children. I've never heard of someone assembling a barbecue as another person as like a gift, but that's truly worth worth something absolutely and the gift of time not that not that you know it, i couldn't set up the barbecue i potentially <laughs> could have put it together but like i mean i'm starting to wonder now that you've got out of your way to buy like the show floor model of this barbecue <laughs> that's what i'm saying that was my second point we have to get you a barbecue and if it, if it comes to like us having to assemble it in december when it's cold we have to get this together eric we you have to have a barbecue you have to have something. I, I'm, I'm shocked that you... It's okay you gave it away, but we have to get you a new one, and we'll set it up. I mean, you do know that I have a George Foreman, right? Yeah, I have George Foreman. It's the next grilleration. God damn it. That's, <laughs> that's not true, Eric. Does that count? Does, now that you know that I have a George Foreman, does that change what you were saying earlier no, about getting a barbecue? Like, okay, it doesn't. All right. Zero percent. We have to get you a grill. and we're. Gonna, what if I told you it has removable grill plates? I'm sorry. I want to, like be with you in this. I feel like we were together on the, the assembly part, but like I can't be with you and like you giving away your barbecue. I'm, just, I'm trying to get assemble it. out of like, this situation because I don't have a Greta in my life who's just going to willy-nilly assemble things for me. Like fucking Heather's, there's no way she would ever just like spend an afternoon assembling a barbecue for me. Like that would never happen in a million years. But if you don't, like if that had not had, if that had not happened, what if what which was a happened. great blessing on my life that she assembled this barbecue? But if it had not happened, I would have gone out there and I would have assembled this thing, and I would have hated it because it's I would have been miserable. But I mean, you say that, but I, but I would have, I would have gone out there. You sometimes say I assemble things, couches, Eric. Sometimes I assemble <laughs> coffee tables. Sometimes, and they they're fine. They're sturdy enough, so, you know. But sure. you know, she assembled it for me. And what a gal. Shout out to well, Greta. Shout out to Greta. Yeah, absolutely. Big shout out. So that's all I have. <laughs> all 
All right, so we actually have a fair amount of, of wrestle talk to get into today. I don't want to deprive the listeners because I know there's some folks who enjoy the big banter. So just to kind of quickly address a couple of quick things, and these are actually somewhat topical. These aren't just random uh, questions for you here, Ryan. The first thing, so to kind of take this a step back to the very early days of Hardmark, one thing that has been pretty consistent about the the podcast that we have going here today is that a Ryan he he tends to go out of his way to needle me to fuck with me about one item in particular and like it's not an every episode type of thing but it is like a a reoccurring item that tends to come up and that is my my lawnmower <laughs> Your electric lawnmower. <laughs> my my battery powered lawnmower, which I again you keep saying electric, and I don't know I don't know if battery powered is the same as electric in this context, or if you're trying to like make me seem like more of a pussy than I am. But I'm telling you it's battery powered. So I'm just What do you what how else would it, would you plug it in to a wall? Is that battery powered? <laughs> Is that I mean, electric, Eric? Like what That would be electric for sure, but I don't have that. I have a battery powered right, lawnmower. No one has that. Well, here uh, you, you may change your tune, so maybe maybe here's an update for you. Sorry, news. There's an article that was going around very recently. Guess what? California is banning gas-powered mowers. So with that, and as California goes, so does the rest of the coast. So you hold on to your gas-powered mowers, everybody, because pretty soon that's just going to be fucking illegal. So that- look who's ahead of the curve now, pal. <laughs> That's so that I don't know if I've told you, my dad also is a huge fan of his electric battery powered mower. Yeah. And it's like, do you not respect your own father, Ryan? Well, I I mean, he had me grow up on a, on a nice, you know, pull string gas powered. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's that how too. I grew up, Eric. I understand. Uh, I loved it. I love the smell of fossil fuels burning. Like you, you love the smell of breaking the law. Apparently. That's actually like really shocking news. That's so. When does that go into effect? It's got a couple of years. It's something like either twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four, one of those times. But like at that, by that point, I don't think it's going to be illegal to own one at that stage necessarily. But it, but you will not be able to purchase them. I at that bet point. there's a fucking shitload of like American citizens who like when they think of America, <laughs> think of like some guy in California. Gas lawnmower out there with this white picket fence every Sunday morning out there. Like, you know, I bet it's like ruining <laughs> America for like certain people in this country. I have no <laughs> doubt this is gonna it, ruining this is gonna become incredibly America. controversial. This little, like, <laughs> this, you know, obviously for me, it's controversial already. You know, I'm upset. Um, uh, oh, clearly, yeah. I'm Anyone living. who can hear you can attest to that, but. He's pacing. He's pacing right now in his, know in his room. This is going to be a big fucking deal. It's going to shatter people's lives. Fucking- <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I fucking guess. I, I think the people that are going to be most affected are like landscapers. If I had to to assume, I don't know. Well, uh, maybe maybe not. Maybe they will go after him. I don't know. Like, but I, you know, <laughs> it's just so funny. Like, this is going to be a a huge deal. Like, I get when this hits the news, like. I don't know how old this is, but, like, when someone gets a hold of this, they're like, oh, like, you know, California, that piece of shit state, like, that liberal piece of shit state is ruining this country with their, <laughs> like, with their gas-powered ban on lawnmowers, like. I mean, I've always, I have, 
I've intentionally avoided doing like the promo code type of thing, that sort of thing. I know that like Audacity literally allows like anybody to create like a promo code, and I haven't done that. This may be the opportunity that we we've been waiting for to like have a nice little hard mark promo code for like a nice gas power, not a, not a gas powered, a batter, a nice battery powered mower. <laughs> yeah, I yeah yeah fuck it. You know what? Also, you know what's in the same line of uh, products as my as my mower and my uh, blower and stuff. There's a little snow clearer outer thing, and I was like, "Fuck, maybe I should get that too." It doesn't really. I mean, it, I've got a big driveway. I, I tried. I shoveled it last year, and like, holy shit! I mean, it doesn't snow that often. Well, the past couple of years, I feel like we've gotten snow every year. But like a snow blower, does that really blow wet snow? I, I've never owned a snowblower. I think you're going to be like severely disappointed, especially with your electric snowblower, you liberal fucking pussy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? This turd. No, I just, I, <laughs> he's 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 there wearing his maga hat right now. Everybody, uh, this is just the funniest thing. This is the, some of the best fucking news I've heard out of California. It's just this is great stuff. This is going to cause a lot of fucking. Your, like problems in this country this like a gas-powered mower ban i didn't realize this is gonna tickle you as much as it did it really does yeah yeah i found the article california enacts ban on gas-powered lawnmowers and leaf blowers uh, state claims an hour using a gas leaf blower makes as much pollution as driving a 2016 camry 1100 miles so it's electric lawn equipment only after 2024 so let's see here yep okay so require the state to adopt regulations around these gas-powered tools by July 1st, 2022, and ban their sale by the start of 2024 if, oh, if the board determines it's feasible. So this is on the, uh, on the docket. So it looks like it's, I don't it's unclear if, if this is passed already, or maybe this is already a thing. It's kind of unclear, but it looks like it's probably fucking happening. Yeah, like, I mean, I think... We had banned, or Washington State banned the sale of, like, gas-powered cars by, like, 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, this doesn't sound far. No, I mean, to, it's shocking news to me, but, like. Well, here, here's another shocking piece of news for you, Ryan. Did you know that one hour of lawnmower use is equal to driving 300 miles from Los Angeles to Las Vegas? Is that just, the like, the cities they're describing? First of all, it's not three hours. They're... Did I say three hours? I thought you said three hours. 300 miles. It's one hour of lawnmower use is equal to driving 300 miles from LA to Vegas. Oh, my bad, my bad. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Apology accepted. I did not know that. Yeah. So so there you go. So this is, you know, up you and your fucking ivory tower of all your, you fucking hate the environment. So, you know, me, I'm, I'm living that electric lifestyle. I'm fucking very progressive. Where Eric goes, the rest of the country follows, so you're welcome, <laughs> is the point that I'm making. That's why I moved to Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can run, but you there's, can't hide, there's Ryan. There's no grass here, but, like, you know, like... <laughs> that does help. <laughs> it's it just rocks. Yeah. 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 I'm assuming that this topic is now put to bed, and I'm never going to ever hear another fucking Ryan. Oh, there's... We're absolutely going to keep you, like, this is... This is one of the best pieces I think I've been on during this podcast. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's not. I guarantee it's, you that it's, it's not. I love it. I, I am fascinated already. I love that California <laughs> is fucking doing this. <laughs> it's going to fucking piss so many people. But, like, it's, you know, like, hey, I'm not, 
I'm not anti-electric lawnmower, Eric. You know me. Clearly you are. Well, I am, but like... (laughs) (laughs) You have no credibility whatsoever for anything you're about to say, but go on. I love the smell of it. I love ripping that cord. Yeah. You You love burning through the equivalent of 300 miles (laughs) in a car. Uh, You have to talk to my, you know, uh, maybe as I turn to an old man, I'll uh, become more like my dad, more like environmentally... But, yeah. you know, hey, I, I I just, I love all this. This is great. <laughs> Good. I'm glad, I'm glad you love it. Uh, are you ready for me to give you something else that you're going to love? Yes. Let's, uh... Bring it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. We've had a couple of segments in the past. It's been a little while, actually, but we've had some segments in the past where I have uh, quizzed your wrestling knowledge. And it's been a bit. But there was something that came up recently. So, and before we kind of get into this topic, I actually just kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit. Uh, Game shows, Ryan. Do you have any, like, favorite game shows? Any game shows that, like, if you had your choice of any that you think that you do well in or that you'd want to participate on? Like a Family Feud guy, I think. <laughs> I like Family Feud too. Like yeah. every time, so so Heather and I do not have cable mm-hmm. here at the house. Uh, so like literally, anytime we go to like a hotel or we go to like an Airbnb, and like they always do have cable there. Like the very first thing is like, okay, turn on Game Show Network. Let's see if they're playing Family Feud right mm, now. Game Show Network, yeah, yeah. That's a digital favorites. Who would, I mean, would you pick your family for Family Feud, or would you pick your, like, piece of shit Snohomish friends? Like, what, oh. would, what would the Team Murphy composition <laughs> look like? Jesus, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little chippy after this whole lawnmower debate, so I just, I'm taking pot shots now. I don't like I it, mean, but, you know, I mean, we moved happening. on from, like, Solden to Snohomish, but, like, damn, like... <laughs> <laughs> Even Tony didn't call him my piece of shit friend from Sultan Mike. <laughs> I mean, he was thinking it. <laughs> he was. He just had okay, the class not right. to say it. For sure. Who would I have on the show? Like, like both my oh my parents are both like my mom is like quiz you. <laughs> my mom was a quiz like absolute whiz. She would kill it. Okay. Like she would destroy a quiz whiz. Sure. I, I was gonna I was gonna say quizzy or something. I don't know what was coming, but yeah, <laughs> that, that could be a word too. But like yeah, so like my mom. It, she's like really into like quiz games, like okay, know, old movie, like stuff like that. Um, so that'd be helpful. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it'd probably be a good. Fa- it's Family Feud. I probably bring your family. It's fam- on yeah, there, you got to right? do family. Like, yeah. What what other what other game shows have you? Do you enjoy now, or have you joined the past? Uh, so like as a as a little like baby, I always liked like Jeopardy song. You know, I was big into that. Okay. And, Did you like watching Jeopardy? Or you just like the song. I, I don't know, I was like three years old, maybe two, like, I just, you know, I, but there's pictures of me watching Jeopardy as a kid, like, for some reason it was fascinating, like, okay, um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was a good game show, or like that, I, I like multiple choice stuff, gives <laughs> me, you know, better odds. <laughs> Perfect! Absolutely, and you know what, I'm glad you said Jeopardy, because on a very recent episode of Jeopardy, they had a category, which, let's see what that category was, I don't remember off the top of my head. The category on this Jeopardy was pro wrestling terminology. Mm. And so I thought it would be interesting, Ryan, to give you some of the prompts, some of the questions that came up on pro wrestling terminology to see wow. how, how you would do in that scenario. Because, I mean, you know, Jeopardy's not a pro wrestling show. This is for a general audience. So, you know, presumably after now watching officially 50 matches, one would assume that you might have you know, better than average knowledge. So I guess we're going to put that to the test. One might assume. One might assume. I'm 
I th- I think you'll at least get two. <laughs> 100 and 200 points? Is that... Uh, I don't... We'll see. I don't know. But, uh, okay. in fact, I think I can... Can I post them in the chat? Oh, here we go. Yep. Okay. So, uh, in the chat, I am posting the questions right now so you can see them. Uh, the first question so that the audience has it. In this alliterative type of match... You need to touch your partner before you, you can be replaced in the ring. Tag team. There we go. Tag team. Right. One and one up, one down. Ryan, he's he's batting a thousand so What is tag team? <laughs> that was like the first thing that you knew about wrestling. So, you know, it's like kismet. I think that's what that is in this case. Okay, you got it. You got it. Next, the two hundred dollar question. So these are only gonna get harder here. Should start with the five hundred dollar question. Well, I'm not. There's a thousand. Okay, here we go. Second question. This beastly term can describe a powerful embrace or a move where a wrestler grabs you. A bear? Bear hug? There you go. Wow. Two up, two down for Ryan. Congratulations. Was this one of the ones that you think... I thought... I I was almost certain you were going to get the first one. Second one, I was pretty sure you were going to get. Damn. So, like, these are the... (laughs) Well, this is the one in the $200 (laughs) questions. You know, presumably everybody's going to, you know, get those. Or most people would. Here we go. Here, let's separate the men from the boys here. All right. Thanks. Third, <laughs> third question. Maintaining kayfabe, which we actually talked about kayfabe not that long ago. Maintaining kayfabe means not letting on that the match is this. The word kayfabe, that kayfabe possibly came from with the help of Pig Latin. So I'll read that one more time. Maintaining kayfabe means not letting on that the match is this. The word that kayfabe possibly came from with the help of Pig Latin. I, I'm getting rigged. <laughs> You're on the right track. It's not rigged, though. Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't Fake. Know. Oh, I think rigged is like... I, the I letters... I think, I, I think I'm three for three. The letters rigged are not in, in kayfabe. Fake is to a certain degree, though. K-F-A... That's... <laughs> That's well, I mean, if Alec Trebek, God rest his soul, was alive, he wouldn't accept rigged. So um, we're going by Alec Trebek rules. So you're two for three so far. But like, partially correct. I don't think that's how Jeopardy works. Um, okay, here we, here we go. Fourth question. Uh, $400. Perhaps a play on jobber. This Italian sounding word is a wrestler hired to lose often. The Rock uses it as a synonym for loser. Perhaps a play on jobber. This Italian-sounding word is a wrestler hired to lose often. The Rock uses it as a synonym for loser. Ah, uh, damn! I feel <laughs> you might know this one. Like this one actually has made its way into mainstream media to some degree, but it's not something I hear every day. Like the actual term. This this word that the answer to this question. Yes. I don't. I don't know, and I feel like it's this one's something I should know. It's uh, jabroni. Jabro, interesting. Uh, I hear that word a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. I, I just that that is a word used to describe like a lot of things. Like you. Well, I you know Eric. <laughs> but I, that it just that comes up more often than I. I jabroni is that an Italian sounding word? Well, jab. I mean, you tell me. I think that it sounds Italian. I haven't been to Italy. (laughs) Yeah, but like pizza pie, jabroni, like these all sound like ravioli, mozzarella, jabroni. Okay. It sounds Italian. Does it not sound Italian? Macaroni, jabroni. (laughs) 
Maybe it does. Just Alfredo, etc. Okay, so so you got half. So now you can still you can still finish with over. It only gets 50. easier, yeah. Honestly, the one that I knew all of them instantly, except for that third one, the the kayfabe one. That one threw me off initially. So that I thought was the hardest one. But let's see, let's see what the five hundred dollar question is here, Ryan. <laughs> the name of this masked Mexican wrestling is Spanish for free fighting. I don't. And I, I'm almost certain you know the answer to this, even though it may not be obvious to you right now. Like this is one of those things. If I said it, you'd be like, "Ah, oh, shit, fuck, yes." Like jabroni. Maybe like jabroni. I think it's more obvious than jabroni. Honestly, the name of this masked Mexican wrestling is Spanish for free fighting. So, like, here's another way of phrasing this. I'll give you a little hint here. In Mexico, they don't call it wrestling; they call it something else. So, what do they call wrestling in Mexico? I I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Did you not take Spanish in high school? I took it in I think middle like seventh eighth grade. Wow, fucking That's advanced! Last time I was in a Spanish class, like advanced kid over here. The answer is lucha libre. Lucha libre. I wouldn't have gotten that. You've heard of lucha libre before, though, right? At least lucha. You've probably heard of lucha. I don't feel like we've ever like right? really like hit on this the Hispanic uh, side of wrestling. We have not. There was an episode I was going to do when Tony Tate was going to come by a second time, and I was going to show a lucha match at that point, but uh, his appearance fell through, and we did a we we pivoted. But uh, but yeah, so you, you didn't do bad, but uh, you know, there's well, room for improvement. Another maybe another fifty matches or so, you'll do better. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. I I still feel like rigged and faked would be. It's it's well. Yeah, that's not the word they were looking for, though. The pig Latin element makes it where it's definitely not rigged. Well, Eric, that's the word I was looking for. And I don't know, to be fair, I do not know of those questions, like how many of them the participants were able to successfully like get. I just heard about this after the fact. Okay. Ryan. So, recently, over the past uh, few episodes, we've seen the ripple effect that Hulk Hogan joining WCW had on their company with legends like Randy Macho Man Savage also making the jump and Ric Flair and, and others fighting against the Hulkster and his associates. So one thing that we have not really examined is the effect that those departures had on their previous company, the WWF. So with their top star out of the company and employed by their biggest competitor, the WWF started a new promotional push, touting the new generation, consisting of men that we've seen previously, people like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Diesel, and others. Now, there were two key pieces to this new generation promotion. First, the new WWF stars would be advertised as being bigger, stronger, faster, and more athletic than the wrestler of the 80s. And so while that was true to a certain extent, guys like Hogan, Flair, Savage, and others definitely had more star power than the new crop of WWF wrestlers. So in order to try and address that, the second piece of their new generation push was to start producing a series of skits specifically targeting Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and former WWF announcer Mean Gene Okerlund, as well as WCW owner Ted Turner. Uh, do you know Ted Turner? Is that a name that... Yes. Famous for owning the Atlanta Braves. I don't know if he's still the owner, but for a long time he was. The Atlanta Braves are my second favorite baseball team. 
Big Chipper Jones guy. Greg Maddox. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I'm Why? stoked about the World Series. <laughs> but yeah, so Ted Turner. So Ted Turner, in addition to owning the Atlanta Braves, uh, TNT, TBS, CNN, he owned... WCW. And the reason he owned WCW, this isn't even in my notes, it's just as a quick frame of reference. So when he was first starting w, or, uh, TBS, the Superstation, that was like the very first like major like cable network that was being broadcast all across the country. One of the flagship shows on that was like WCW. Uh, World Championship Wrestling. And so he always had like this soft spot for wrestling on his network because that was like really anchored his Saturday lineup and like that helps them with like the ratings and stuff. So he always had a soft spot for pro wrestling. And so uh, he owned WCW. And so he was also one of the people being targeted by these WWF skits. So with parody characters known as the Huckster, the Nacho Man, Scheme Gene, and Billionaire Ted... The WWF skits would point out the age, limited wrestling ability, and greediness of the departed stars, uh, and also played up Ted Turner as an idiot hillbilly whose ability to spend money was his only talent. Eventually, the USA Network forced the WWF to stop these skits as over time they became more slanderous, especially towards Ted Turner. So let's go ahead, Ryan. Let's take a look at one of those skits uh, right now. Larry Fling Live! They are athletes well past their prime. Both refuse to retire, both suffer from male pattern baldness, and both sold out to billionaire Ted, the Huckster, and the Nacho Man, ahead on Larry Fling Live. Joining us tonight... The Huckster and the Nacho Man. What you gonna do, brother, when the Huckster runs out on you? Oh, yeah! Now, there's no question the WWF made you guys into stars. Why did you leave? Well, we couldn't keep up with the new generation. The WWF said we were too old to wrestle. But look at me now, brother. I may be old and slow and bold, but old is old, and I'm only as old as I feel, and I feel pretty old and bold. Oh, I hear you. I hear you, brother. I hear you. The only reason they wear your crap is because they ended up for free, brother. And those poor suckers are promised they'd be on TV if they wear it, brother. And that's the truth, brother. Stop calling me, brother. Brother. So, like, the commentary, that was very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay, okay. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> what The commentary you thought was very... So, we just watched the the Larry Fling sketch of uh, the Huckster Nacho Man Billionaire Ted skits. So, so, you thought the commentary... You're talking about Larry Fling's performance? Is that what we're discussing? I thought all of them performed very well. Um, to, you know, Larry King, Ted Turner, you know... Right. Uh, I like the the sound effects were like, you know, those are kind of thrown in, but the actual like <laughs> Yeah. There the was actual, there was like delivery of it was very, very good. Like there were several farts uh that played throughout, like when they would move. Uh there was also like creaking like old doors when their joints yeah, would uh yeah. would move as well. Uh little little doink Boing. sound effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like But the but what I mean the actual commentary was, was great. It was fantastic. It was very funny. Like <laughs> 
you you, th- you would watch a, an entire show dedicated to these these characters. I would, yeah, no, for sure. Like it was <laughs> good. Right on. That's yeah. the, the then that's you're, you're their target audience. So the reason we're we're discussing this subject today here, Ryan, is because now we are officially getting to the Monday Night War era of professional wrestling, and so that basically meant that WCW. And the WWF were doing everything that they could to entice viewers to tune into their respective Monday night shows that were aired head to head against each other. Uh, so you had WCW on TNT, you had WWF on USA. So like literally every single Monday night, those two shows were going head to head and like they were almost always, with the exception of like the occasional football game, like one and two in the ratings for like the entire week. That, so. They were ahead of Monday Night Football. Yes. During that time period, it was not uncommon that Raw and Nitro would beat Monday Night Football in the ratings. It wasn't like what, all the time. What, but What it was, year was it? Uh, that would have been like 97-ish, 98-ish. Wow. That's that's actually quite impressive. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, like that, like their ratings were fucking gigantic at that point in time, and it was it was a, it had a lot to do with the fact that like you had two organizations that legit like were fucking at war with each other. They would like try and snipe at each other, and like we saw in that sketch, they were like actively trying to like sabotage each other in a lot of different scenarios. So, uh, in the eyes of the WWF. WCW had gone out of their way to instigate the WWF into confrontation. So WCW would regularly give away the results of the WWF uh, taped shows during WCW live ones. So they, they'd be like, Hey, don't bother watching WWF. Shawn Michaels is going to beat, you know, mankind in the main event. So don't even bother watching it. Stick with us. Like that sort of thing. Uh, WCW would also time their commercial breaks to counter program against the WWF. And of course they began hiring away WWF stars with big money contracts. Now, even though the WWF is all like pissed about this, this was of course, many of the same tactics that they had used a previous decade before all this, but hey, who's counting? Uh, So, the WWF, by airing these billionaire TED segments, began to outwardly acknowledge their competition, which they had never, ever done before in their history. So, like, the WWF was such a clear number one in the professional wrestling industry, like, number one's never going to acknowledge number two. But now that it was, like, trading, they felt the need to kind of go more on the offensive, so they were started taking, you know, these pot shots at uh, at WCW. So it was very clear that the WWF was feeling that pressure, and now, in May of 1996, things were about to escalate in this big wrestling war. So with that in mind... You and I, Ryan, we're going to jump into a match here between Steve Dahl and the Mauler from an episode of WCW Monday Nitro. Uh, you don't need to worry about rankings. You don't need to worry about predictions. We're just going to jump uh, into the middle of the match here, and we'll just take a look at kind of some of the stuff that happens during that match. Welcome back live to the first hour of this edition of WCW Monday Nitro on TNT. Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco. And we are taking a look at the mauler completely maul his opponent, Steve Dahl. Well, you know, Steve, Steve Dahl was trying to get an offensive going. Wait a minute. But, but What the hell but is going what? on here? But the maul, well, he just got reversed right there. Oh, the mauler runs him down. What are you talking about? Look, look here. Well, What's what the hell? Wait, we need security here. You people! What's with him? 
You know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. Are we going to get security here? Where is Billionaire Ted? Where is the Nacho Man? That punk can't even get in the building. Me, I go wherever I want, whenever I want. And where, oh, where is Scheme Gene? Because I got a scoop for you. When that Ken doll look-alike, when that weatherman wannabe comes out here later tonight, I got a challenge for him, for billionaire Ted, for the Nacho Man, and for anybody else in uh, WCW. <laughs> hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one. So just to summarize what we just saw. What we just saw was in the middle of this match on WCW Nitro. A WWF wrestler, Razor Ramon, who we literally just saw last episode uh, competing for the Intercontinental title, he shows up, he walks through the crowd, he grabs a microphone, and he starts referencing all the WWF skits calling out WCW. So he's talking about the Nacho Man, he's talking about Billionaire Ted, uh, and for all intents and purposes... It seemed, the way that it was being presented, as though Razor Ramon was sent to WCW by the WWF to invade their company. And the way that the announcers reacted and the way that Razor emerged through the audience blurred the lines of what was real and what wasn't. So, like, when that fucking shit happened back in summer of 1996, like, people were like, what is going on? Like, it was nuts for anyone who watched that live at the time. It was nuts to me. <laughs> I was just blown away by any 1996 viewer, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, and you were just blown away by the fact that you thought he was a football player. You're just blown away by the whole, by the whole, the whole thing altogether. I can't keep track of who plays what fucking sport, Eric. They're all fucking <laughs> big guys, like. Yeah, they're big boys. They're big fellas. I'm sure they all played some sports in in some degree. So, so we just saw that interview. Later in that show, Razor Ramon would formally challenge the president of WCW to assemble a three-man team. Eventually, the team that WCW would put together would be comprised of Macho Man Randy Savage, Sting, and Lex Luger, three of their biggest stars to defend against this invasion. Meanwhile... Razor, now going by his real name of Scott Hall, would bring his click buddy, Kevin Nash, better known as Diesel from our last episode. He's now joined this invasion, and they promised that their third man would be revealed very, very soon. So this match was dubbed the Hostile Takeover Match, and it was set to take place at Bash at the Beach in on July 7th, 1996 in Daytona Beach, Florida, and this is the match that we're going to be watching here today. So ultimately, the question that is posed to you, Ryan, can the combined force 
of Randy Savage, Sting, and Lex Luger fight off the outsiders of Hall and Nash alongside their third mystery partner. It's tough to tell. It, it is tough to tell. And so you don't have to answer now, of course, but that's kind of the, the running theme, you know, throughout kind of leading into our, our, our match here today. So just kind of set the tone as far as everybody's uh, aware of, as far as what your performance is right now. So your record as it stands right now, this second is 28 and 22. You're on a four match win streak. Congratulations to you, Ryan. And as far as a little bit of extra data, because I know you love those analytics, I'll give you one piece of information. This would seem to bode well for you. Uh, Ryan's record in WCW matches is eight wins and two losses. So quite the performance when it comes to his precious TNT wrestling. I, it must, there's something driving that. It must be the TNT like factor, like all that. The little bit I caught as a kid watching TNT wrestling. Like, <laughs> there's some, yeah. There's something in that water, Ryan. I'm telling you right now. But yeah, so that's that's the match. I know there's a, a fair amount of kind of interplay there, et cetera, a fair amount of kind of moving pieces to uh, keep track of. But do you have any questions, anything that you want to know before we actually watch this thing? No, not yet. I'll, uh, I'll question as I go. Okay. All right. Any speculation on the on the on the third man? Any any speculation on the no, mystery? No, I like I like the idea of that. That's a great like marketing move. Uh, I think it's you know we've seen just so you know, and because I I know that you don't know off the top of your head, we've seen one match where there was a mystery partner involved. That was way back in episode ten, and the mystery partner in that match was the Undertaker. Oh, so I just just fun that's fact. A, that's a not, that's a big name for a third mystery man. Yeah. That that is, I mean, you know, and that's I'm not necessarily saying that the Undertaker is this mystery man, but he was the mystery man back in episode ten. So you know, uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead. We're gonna watch that match. We're gonna take a very brief, so you blink and you miss it type of a uh, uh, break here. And when we come back, we'll give you our thoughts on the hostile takeover match between Team WCW and the Outsiders in their mystery third man. What the heck? Be back in a bit. Gene Oakland is going to the ring. He's going to find out who this third guy is, I guess. Gentlemen, if I could have your attention. I don't see three men here tonight. Where is your partner? All you need to know, little man, is he's here and he's ready. Is your partner telling me that your third man is in the building? Oh, he's here all right, Gene. We got enough to handle it right now, right here. Oh, for quite... Come on. Yeah, okay. Let's send three out and just kick their teeth in and get it over with. There you go. I'll guarantee you. There's the bell. Here we go. They talked about the hostile takeover. Yeah. I guess they're trying to take them down one, one at, at a, a time. time. Absolutely. And, we, and we're, we're missing one of our big guns right here. I always nice had my feelings nice about Luger, but I really stood up for him in this situation. What a blow he took. The two big men, they have taken him out. Who go by the name of Nash on your left and Hall on your right. The Outsiders have now evened up the score, and they are out to divide, to conquer, to systematically destroy WCW if it has to be one man at a time. The Montu Man is up! Double X handle, got it! Nash is down, he's got Nash down! Savage is oh, oh, no! And then there was one, and it was Sting, and he didn't look too good. Hulkamania! Hulk Hogan is here! Hulk Hogan's here! Hogan is in the building! You're damn right he is! Go get him, Hogan! Yes, sir! Get him, Hogan! Go get him, baby! 
Come on and get some of this now. Who's bad now, boys? Hulk Hogan arrived. Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. What is he oh doing? Oh, my God. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What oh. the hell is going on here? Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. Probably the lowest shot ever given to professional wrestling. That man did right there, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, excuse me. Excuse me. What in the world are you thinking? Me, Gene, the first thing you need to do is to tell these people to shut up if you want to hear what I got to say. I have been with you for so many years. For you to join up with the likes of these two men absolutely makes me sick to my stomach. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. Look at all of this crap in this ring. This is what's in the future for you if you want to hang around the likes of this man Hall and this man Nash. As far as I'm concerned, all of this crap in the ring represents these fans out here. What you gonna do when the New World Organization runs wild on you? What you gonna do? What are you hey, gonna do? Don't touch me, I'm gonna free the lawyers. Cody, Bobby, Dusty, damn it, let's get back to you. All right, we have seen the end of Hulkamania for Bobby the Brain Heenan, for, Dust, for Dusty Rhodes, Gene Okerlund. I don't know. I'm Tony Schiavone. Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. We're out of here. Straight to hell. So we are back. We just watched the Outsiders, Hall and Nash, take on Team WCW to defend against the hostile takeover. Um, and I guess, let's, let's not bury the lead. Uh, Hulk Hogan, he showed up. He turned heel. He became a bad guy. He aligned himself with the Outsiders. Ryan, what did you think of the match? I... It was a good match. It was a good match. I don't know that you liked the match while you were watching it so I much. I didn't. So, <laughs> so like, so like okay. there was a lot of matches that I did not like. But again, mm-hmm. the environment played into it, you know, and sure. then it just got like a little bit more rich as it moved, you know, throughout. But yes, initially I did not like really care for the match. I thought it was poor, especially, you know, like the moves they were just, Poor execution, a bunch of pussies on the fucking like get thrown out, you know, like just <laughs> leaving the match of, on a strip, you know. Yeah, a bunch of pussies getting thrown out. But Hulk Hogan did so. You're jumping right to it. I'm, let me do one quick thing. I'm just gonna exhale one big exhale. <sighs> so literally, to to take it back just a step, literally from episode one, this is what I have been building to for the podcast because like it's hard to tell the story of like the mid 90s wrestling like the the monday night war or whatever you can't really tell that story unless you know hulk hogan's a bad guy and the weight of hulk hogan becoming a bad guy it's lessened if you're not following that journey from like more or less the very beginning and so we saw Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant in 1987. We saw Hulk Hogan versus Macho Man. Like, we saw Hulk Hogan as this all-American good guy who represented law, order, and justice. Basically, the Superman of wrestling. And so the whole purpose of, like, following that journey is so that now, and you can't replicate 
10 to 15 years of like real time watching this guy. But like to fans, if you saw Hulk Hogan for all that time, the idea that he would then suddenly become bad was just fucking mind shattering. It was unbelievable. And like for myself, I was not watching wrestling at that time. But I remember hearing Hulk Hogan turn bad. And that is what got me back into wrestling because I could not fucking believe that Hulk Hogan would turn heel. And so I had to see, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what? how did this happen? And then, then I got sucked back into it. That's deep. That's deep as fuck. <laughs> Thank you. This journey through wrestling that, uh, it's not enough. It's not enough just to, like, jump in right here. It's not enough even to watch like you know fifty matches. Yeah, it's but for these fans who watch fifteen, you know, years of re- and they saw the story. Damn, that's uh, that's hard. That's hard to suffer. It pulls on the heartstrings. He was in Rocky three, and since that point, when Rocky three came out, he had been a good guy that whole time. Like, well, he had been a bad guy very early in his career. Most people who were familiar with Hulk Hogan had no idea he'd ever been a bad guy. Like to them, Hulk Hogan had always been the same version that he'd always been, uh, law, order, and justice, etc. Uh, and so to see that other side of him was 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 shocking. And so I hope that to some degree. We were able to replicate that for you, Ryan. Well, no, not really. Like <laughs> these are well, to, to me. Some... To me, you have like a bunch of fucking corporate wrestlers, you know, going up, right? <laughs> the big names, okay. the fucking corporate, you know, guys that are thrown out on the stage, you know. And then you have these outsiders, right? And you, uh-huh. you see Hulk Hogan step right in with them. Uh, like, right. who would have fucking thought that Hulk Hogan? I didn't think that. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't do my homework on this match. Right. Well, so are you saying, so I guess my question to you, and we'll go through some of the notes, but I mean, really, the fucking main story of this match is the last right. two minutes right. of the match right. and then the aftermatch. So, I mean, really, there's not a whole lot to talk about match-wise. But, like, when Hulk Hogan showed up at the end, did you immediately know that's the third man? Or were you unsure if, like, is he there to help WCW? Is he there to help the outsiders? I was sure that was the third man. But then I was, like, once he got in there, I was kind of, like, based on kind of, like, the commentator's reaction, I was like, oh, shit, like, maybe maybe I'm a little incorrect here. Like, maybe I'm, it. you know, that's just... But I was, I was sure, and I felt there was a feeling that I had that I carried that this was their third guy for sure, no doubt. I, I doubted myself a little bit, but I for sure thought that was their third guy. I believe your reaction when he first showed up on camera was my guy, my guy, because you. So yeah, Ryan had made the choice. Of the outsiders, so he he accurately predicted. Now, granted, for any wrestling fans that are listening to this that are big wrestling fans, you know, like technically, the match was a no contest. There wasn't realistically a winner. But a couple episodes episodes ago, I did ask Ryan, "Hey, if there's a no contest, how should we figure that out?" And we basically came to the conclusion, like whoever is really like the left standing at the end if you can kind of determine a moral victor we're just going to say that they won we already have precedence to that so we're just going to stick with that uh so realistically the outsiders hulk hogan uh the newly formed nwo the new world order uh they were victorious in that match from a moral standpoint at the very minimum so ryan was successful and so you saw hulk hogan you were like okay this is the ace in the hole that i needed to win this match is that about right no um, let's see, going through my notes a little bit here. So we watched the WCW interview 
um, with with Sting, Luger, and Macho Man. <laughs> At that point in time, before having seen Macho Man wrestle, you you were like, you know what? I think I'm starting to come around on Macho Man. Yeah, I I really like his character. Like he has a and also like a better voice for wrestling than Hulk Hogan does. <laughs> yes, yeah. this is. This is, I mean, that's why he put out that rap album is because he's got that, those sultry tones. Uh, one thing that sprung to mind, I was thinking about this earlier. I didn't bother writing it down, but it's springing to mind right now. I thought this has nothing to do with the match whatsoever. Randy Savage's dad was also a wrestler. His name was Angelo Poffo. For a time, his dad wrestled as a character called the Miser. Basically, says he's very cheap. Here's how cheap Randy Macho Man Savage's father was. His dad refused to wash his clothes like maybe he would wash his clothes like every like month or so because and here's the reason because he felt that if he washed his clothes it would break down the fibers of the clothes faster than if he was just wearing them so in order to preserve his clothes he would not wash them i have a feeling that conspiracy theory is going to come back at some point like big big <laughs> big laundry turns trying to fuck us you know like with uh there's probably an element of truth. Like, I, be- I bet it does break down the fibers of the clothes, but, like, still, like, I can't imagine just being a stinky guy, yeah, yeah. you know, wearing multiple days-old clothes, but that's just me. Uh, so we watched that interview. Any other thoughts about the interview? Luger, Sting, et cetera, anything like that? They're all they're all wearing matching face paint. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we kind of jumped to a Mean Gene thing. What did you think of kind of the build to the match? How much they were hyping up like the third man element, et cetera? Like, did, was that effective for you? Did that make you want to watch the match more? Like it did. It was enticing. It was, it was, I thought it was a great ploy to like, and, and God damn, did they fucking deliver on it? Like, but like, <laughs> I, I, I liked how they, how they built it up. You didn't know for sure. It was, yeah. you know, it got you into the match and like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, it did. <laughs> Uh, so basically we, uh, the match starts, it's only Hall and Nash, uh, the former Razor Ramon and Diesel from the last episode. Uh, so they are the representing the outsiders. Uh, they are invaders of WCW. They come out. There's no third man. Everybody's freaking out. Like, what the fuck? Where's your third man? Mean Gene comes out. He's like, where the fuck's your guy? And they're just like, he's here. Don't worry about it. Please leave. That sort of thing. They're like questioning him. They're like, they're like, do you really like, you know, is it third man? Like... Yeah. It was like a big question. Like, I he, thought like for sure they had a third man who was some like, you know, guy who's getting dressed in the locker room, you know, but <laughs> Right, yeah. yeah. He's just he got to primp primp their hair probably yeah, or exactly. something, you know, they're running late. late. Yeah, exactly. Fashionably late. But yeah, so Team WCW shows up. It's it's, it's a 3 on 2 match for like maybe a minute and a half to 2 minutes. Within the very start of the match, Lex Luger gets taken out. He gets stinger splashed and he gets stretchered out of the arena. Uh, no more Lex Luger. And so then the remainder of this match and the bulk of the match really is Hall and Nash taking on Sting and Macho Man, which I mean, like, I'm not even honestly looking over my notes. I'm not going to worry about the match. Uh, there's there, there was an abdominal stretch that you hated. Macho Man did a bunch of axe handles, smashes to people that you also hated. Uh, basically, the main thing was the very end of the match. Uh, Macho Man gets low-blowed by Kevin Nash. Everybody's down. Nobody knows what's going on. Hulk Hogan shows up. Uh, briefly, is kind of like he rips the shirt off. He's just looking around. You don't know what's going to happen. Then he drops a big leg on Macho Man, and you know that the heel turn has officially commenced. He dropped twice, right, on him. I think like three times, At least, actually. Like, yeah. more than once, you know, like... Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... 
And they did an impromptu thing where, like, after Hulk dropped the leg one of the times, Scott Hall went down. He counted one, two, three as, like, an informal sort of, like, fuck you, we just beat you sort of thing. But, like, that was not an officially Mm. sanctioned pinfall by a referee or anything like that. But, yeah, so then after that, the trash starts fucking flooding into the... We have never, ever seen a match that that has happened in. Just just watch baseball, man. Like... (laughs) That's not unusual to me. Like, I, I've seen it. It's, yeah. With just trash filling the entire oh, field, absolutely. really? Absolutely. Okay. They're like, yeah, it's crazy. Like, uh, that was obviously like piling up like snow, but. Uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's a very tightly. I don't think Mean Gene liked it so much, but uh, the rest of the guys didn't seem bothered too too much by it. No, not at all. I think they, I think they embraced it. What did you think of the promo after the match by Hulk Hogan? Which is really like, if there's one main takeaway of this whole thing that we just saw, it's that Hulk Hogan promo officially cementing his, like that he is a bad guy now. Yeah, he was like shitting all over everybody. He shit all over the ref, <laughs> shit all over the fans, like the event. Like I, I you know, I, I, I respect that. Like you get out there, you do your thing, and like he just he went out there and fucking. Shit all over everyone in that entire building. <laughs> Arguably, the highlight of the whole thing was when Mean Gene is looking at all the debris that has littered <laughs> the ring, and he and he's like, "This is what's in your yeah. future if you continue to hang around with this man Hall and this man Nash." And then Hulk comes back with the all this crap in the ring represents <laughs> all these fans out here, yeah. which yeah. is you know just again like uh, we we've spent two years watching wrestling and like you've only seen hulk hogan one way and like that is something like i think that there is something to that where you're like you're conditioned like hulk hogan's always a good guy blah 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 blah. but like for all these people that have been following him for so many years to like see that if you and like granted the first viewing your attention's focused on hulk uh but if you watch it over again you'll see that there's certain fans who are just like fucking shocked and there's other fans that are jumping for joy. Like, I can't fucking believe that this is happening. This is amazing. Was there like clues leading up to this that this could have like happened? Like, was there any insight that this might have been a thing in this match or was this like totally unexpected? There were no storyline breadcrumbs Mm. Uh, that led to this. Like, there wasn't anything in storyline that was happening on the shows to be like, oh, Hulk Hogan's probably going to be the third man. Now, from a business standpoint, so, like, do you remember the last Hulk Hogan match that we saw? I, I feel like it was it was a good one. I guess. <laughs> it was not. It was, I tried to convince you to rank it last, and you didn't, but it was close to being well, last. The one before that was, it was a good a, one, yeah. Yeah, there have been some decent Hulk matches. Um, Hulk versus Flair was ranked somewhat highly. But uh, the last Hulk match that we saw was the three-tiered cage match. Oh, fuck, yeah. (laughs) Whereas Hulk and Macho versus, like, eight fucking guys. So the the bloom was off the rose when it came to Hulk Hogan. Like, the magic of the WWF had faded a little bit. And so now you're trying to kind of replicate that in WCW, and it just – it was not – the same it wasn't the same thing and so hulk was basically presented with two different options and like totally both of them would have been completely viable but like one is you stay the course and you're going to always be somewhat successful like you you can be the all-american good guy hero for as long as you want to that's always going to have a certain degree of success for it or you can go this other way and you can become a bad guy and like it could fucking fail miserably or 
it could give you a complete career renaissance. And it ended up doing the second thing. But like, you know, I think in his mind, it's like, I'm doing all these movies, I'm doing all these things. And it's like, this could ruin everything that I've built up over the past 15 years of this tank. So I think from that standpoint, a lot of people suspected that Hulk was probably going to be the third man, but there, there was nothing leading to that. In fact, Sting was going to be the backup third man if Hulk eventually decided he didn't want to to do that. Sting was going to be the, so, the replacement. So Hulk was like, like, okay, so he had to make this decision. He was like, leading up to this event, he was like making this decision. This was a real like... Yeah, yeah. So Hulk, like a lot of guys would have not had the clout to say no yeah. to things. Like most yeah. in most situations in wrestling, you're just told, you're fucking doing this. This right, is what's happening. Right. Hulk Hogan, at especially at that point in time in his career in WCW, was not going to be told that he had to do anything. He had creative control, which was especially rare for somebody to have in their contract. So unless he bought into what was happening, he wasn't going to do it. So they had to sell him on the idea of him turning heel as basically a career reinvigoration. And eventually he went for it, but it took, he he spent weeks thinking about it. And like, they weren't positive that he was going to actually be the third guy until like a day or so prior to the event. Interesting. Does he ever discuss this? Like, Oh yeah. There's been plenty of of conversations about, like how I don't like I think it was the Booker of WCW like spent the night over his house like Hulk you need to do this like this this is and and like if you watch the six months of TV or just even parts of that leading up to this event Hulk Hogan his run in WCW was very creatively poor it was bad like they were just trotting out all these monsters that were just shitty versions of the 80s wwf formula it just it wasn't working they needed to do something to change it up Uh, and so like the best decision he could have possibly have made was to go bad because i honestly believe this is my thought and i'm sure some people would probably argue this so hulk hogan was the main personality responsible for the 1980s wrestling boom. You know, I I think that's pretty much just, you know, uh, understood among wrestling circles. In my opinion, the 90s wrestling boom was also stemmed from Hulk Hogan's heel turn. Like, people like Steve Austin and The Rock... They absolutely like took that from here to a here, but I don't think that that wrestling audience would have been there to kind of reclaim and like expand upon if it had not been for Hulk Hogan firing that opening salvo and being like, I'm a bad guy now, and everybody being like, what the fuck is happening over there? That's what got everyone's attention initially, and then Steve Austin was able to like explode that even further, in my opinion. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> I mean, this is this is deeper than what you would, you know, like maybe normally think of of like uh some wrestling mid nineties scenarios. I like it. I like it. I think it's fascinating shit. Like uh, It's different than the normal conversations we would have about it. Normally we just kinda stick to like what we saw on the match. It's a game changer situation. It's the biggest guy in wrestling. Like, he's the biggest name making a huge shift to like you yeah. know, the other side and like, you know, people are, you know, now jumping, it's that's crazy. Like it's you know, I didn't realize <laughs> this is what it all built up to. Like 
This will really open things up where now we can kind of go in all these different directions. But until you have this point where it's like, okay, now we're in the goddamn Attitude Era. Now we're in the (laughs) Monday Night Wars. Now we can pretty much go in whatever directions we want. But it was important to kind of establish this as like, this is the major shift in professional wrestling. Whereas up until this point, WWF and WCW were really neck and neck. When Hulk Hogan turned... WCW kicked the WWF's ass for a long fucking time. The better part of a year and a half to two years, WCW beat the shit out of the WWF. And it was really because of Hulk Hogan, the NWO, and then some of the other things that they were doing kind of alongside that, but primarily the NWO storyline. So wild. That's the thing, man. That's uh, anything. Let's see. Let me just check my notes, make sure I didn't forget anything. Uh, The the end, the very end bit, which I made you continue to watch for the end, where Tony Schiavone, (laughs) I'm just going to quote what he said. We have seen the end of Hulkamania. Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, you can go (laughs) to hell. Straight to hell. (laughs) Which fucking... Oh man, that commentary was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. I that I may like, have been the highlight of the match. I you know, and I wish I had been more focused on it. Like, cause I love good commentary. That's my thing. But like, I was trying to like watch the match, and right. most of it was. I probably should just focus on the commentary until the end. I'm better suited <laughs> well, to like. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll go back and, and watch it through. I don't know. <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty. I understand. Right, right. Um, okay, so I guess. If we, uh, before we get to the ranking here, we're going to go to Murphy's Law. In a world without rules, in a sport where only the strong survive, there's one man who has the guts to lay down. Murphy's Law. So, so again, in the future... Once we kind of get those t-shirt sales going, you know, all the, all the people donate to our, our buy me a coffee. We're going to do that custom match, Ryan. So, so as far as like what we would take away from this match that we may be able to incorporate in a custom match or just young wrestlers would incorporate into their, you know, uh, their careers, what, what would be the main takeaway in this scenario? I mean, it would, it would, (laughs) this is, this is like a pet peeve of wrestling that I have is when they fucking pin somebody. And then they break out of that pen, especially these young wrestlers out there. They should know. This is the time <laughs> you got to take advantage of that situation. You got to re, you got to re-jump them. I've never seen it once where someone immediately goes back and re-jumps them. They're tired. They're exhausted. Right. So you don't like it when after somebody kicks out of a pinfall, the guy who was pinning the person after the kick out, they're just kind of sitting there like exasperated, like, what the hell? Like, you don't like. Well, and the guy gets up and he's like, oh, like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Like, okay, so so okay, that that makes sense. Just just go go right back to it. Let's see let's see a match. <laughs> go right back to it. You know, like sure. Uh, finish him. You know, <laughs> when in doubt, finish him. Uh, good. All right, let's go. Let's do let's do the science, my friend. Let's just uh, let's do that. Let's make that happen. It's gonna be tough. It is gonna be tough. The match was admittedly not great, but the 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 last two minutes and the aftermatch uh, was pretty historic. So it's it's hard to. I think it's, I think it's like an important match based on what you've like you know stated about it. But I don't like how to rank the match itself. You know, and that's always something. We, whenever people are talking, like, I don't know why this is springing to mind, but like video games. 
uh i'm trying to think of like what's a really popular video game right fortnite like what's better the original mario brothers or fortnite like one is far more complex than the other but like one has like this timeless classic quality to it that it's like would all these other things have come after it had it not been for that i I don't know if this is helping your decision or not but like this is and i can't really overstate it this is a fucking important ass match See, that's, there's a lot of pressure, I feel like, on the, to write this. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, and again, I'm not helping you, that yeah. match was not very good until Hulk Hogan showed up, which was literally a minute. <laughs> I think I, yeah, right. Like, I, I, you know, like, garbage moves all the way around, you know? Sure, yeah. Like, guys getting carried off on stretchers very early, not, they didn't get back up, you know? Right. If it was me, and and I so without the Hulk Hogan element, take the Hulk Hogan element out of it. I would probably say that match was eh, on the upper end of bad, lower end of okay. Without the Hulk Hogan part, that would be my opinion. There's there's the parts. Okay, here's the thing. You had you had the good commentary and you had the good venue for it. Like this was a real <laughs> Daytona Beach, right? Daytona. I mean, can you get any more? 1996. So much authenticity. Absolutely. Not that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to state that, but <laughs> absolutely. But I, I'll do it for you. So let me see. Um, yeah, I'll just shut you up while you do your thing. We got it. <laughs> another Randy Savage match up here at number 20. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's a band called Less Than Jake. And Jake <laughs> Roberts is number 21. Okay, yes, go on. This Which this sounds like that South Park episode where like they're <laughs> going through like but but six is greater than the, greater than five and then I'm just I'm trying to find a fair way to place this and I think it's in the okay region. I maybe even upper, but like where do you place it? You do place it near you probably place it near the other you know, Randy Savage. Less than Jake, of course. Less <laughs> than uh, Jake I know there's at least one listener of ours that's really going to appreciate that less than Jake reference, so so that's good. You know, if I place him here, he'd also be a little above Jake because he's. You know, <laughs> like. I'm going to leave it up to you, man. I, I said my my piece, and like I don't. There's no wrong answer here. Like I'm not going to be mad at you because I think you could realistically make a case for just about any ranking on here. Because again, the match itself not great. But the aftermath of that match was fucking incredible. And I think that's an important part of, like, any match that you do Mm -hmm. watch. Uh, So I'm going to go the new number 22. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so that's bumping. That's right. That is less than Jake. Okay, got it. Quite literally. Yeah, yeah. If it was a a better match, Mm -hmm. which I thought it had, I thought going into this was going to be a great match. I was like, fuck yeah, it's going to be... I really had high hopes, and this could have been, yeah. you know, 15, 10 range, but. <laughs> the buildup was there, but yes, I agree. But at the same time, I don't I don't think it was meant to be a good match. I don't know. I, I mean, there's probably a lot of different ways. I think it was designed to do a certain thing, and I think it did that thing well. But, like, would you really want to watch that entire match as a whole, or would you just want to skip to the very end of it? You'd probably just want to skip to the end of it. So that, and I mean, nobody ever talks about that match. Everybody talks about the end of it, and for good reason. You also skipped right to the end of it every time. Yeah, pretty every, much. Every time we bring up a match, I'll like say something that was like, "Oh," but it's like referring to mid match. You're like, oh, "Okay, like that's nice," but let's let's revert back. 
to the beginning. Right. Like, don't like it at, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And this time, you skipped the entire fucking match and just went right to the end. Like, <laughs> you know, so, so even, you know, it, that must be the thing with this match is that you just, it's just, you skip to the end. I guarantee anyone listening to this thing, they know why they're listening to it. And like, I always, it's always surprising to me because I, I never know what's going to like draw people in, but there is, Definitely matches where I see immediate interest. Like there's m- matches that immediately like a lot of people listen to. And there's other ones that like are more of a slow build. And like, for example, the Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair match uh, that we just posted recently, like that one immediately I saw like da, 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 da. Whereas the Rob Van Dam and Sabu versus uh, the Japanese guys match, that one uh, didn't do as well. So like, even though I kind of say, oh, it's not really a wrestling podcast, clearly people give a shit about what we're actually watching which is always surprising to me but um we've got our new we've got our new match it's new, new number 22 congratulations on 51 matches that you've seen so far Ryan also congratulations on uh your record which is what is it now 29 29 and 22 oh, wow. wow five match winning streak we really got to fucking tank you here soon which actually this is not why I chose this match but I've got a little interesting twist on our next match that you're going to appreciate but we'll get into that next time we don't need to talk about it right now but we do have to talk about one thing right now eric's wisdom tree we got to get ryan out of here in time so we can get his sushi so let's get right to the wisdom um in fact well i I shouldn't skip this part hold on eric's wisdom tree okay i'll just you know what there's probably going to be a lot of eyeballs on this one uh, a lot of ear holes on this one on account of the fact that, you know, it's fucking Hulk Hogan. It's a big deal. He's turned heel. So I'm going to give you a good, real good piece of wisdom. This is something hard-hitting. This is something everybody can use. We've all been in situations where maybe you're at a party. Maybe you're at a friend's house. Maybe you're on a date. I don't know how many single people are listening to this, but, you know, if you haven't gotten wifed up yet, uh, let's say you're a guy. Okay? Let's, let's just assume that, Ryan. Let's assume you're a man. And you you pooped at somebody's house, and you don't want people to know that you pooped that you that you pooped. <laughs> Leave the sense of that. So you, so you're a man. A B you you pooped at someone's house. C you don't want them to know that you pooped. Okay, so those are the three facets here. Um, so here's what you got to do: leave the toilet seat up when you exit the bathroom, and then as you walk out, when somebody's like waiting there at the door, just say. Oh, it was the guy before me. So, like... <laughs> hold on. I want to understand, like, where you're coming from here. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, the smell? Yeah, yeah, because it's, like, it's bad manners to, like, really stink up somebody's bathroom, right? Like, some, and you're at sometimes, a party. Party, or, or, well, maybe not a date, but a party, a, a social engagement. A date would engagement. be harder, for, right? A like, date would be more difficult, unless you have, like, cats. Yeah, it's the guy before me. Uh, but yeah, if you're at a party and you don't want people to know, like, oh, I just, I just fucking blew the ass out of this bathroom, leave the seat up, and then when you're walking out, because you know, more often than not, somebody's gonna be like, well, they're waiting for you, whatever. Just have it in your back pocket. Like, you don't have to use it, but then if somebody is there, you'd be like, oh, it's the guy before me, and and they're gonna be like, oh, okay, and then they're gonna see that the seat's up, and they're like, well, clearly it was. So this guy wouldn't be lying, because why would the seat be up otherwise? It's very clever. I don't, I mean, I don't, 
I don't think it's wrong. I just don't think it's thoroughly thought through. Like, so I, here's the thing, Ryan. I think that all of your, uh, you know, stupid Snohomish friends. I think this would trick them <laughs> nine times. You're being a real dick to my like Snohomish friend. What if they hear this? I mean, you haven't told one of them about it, so you know right. if, if you t- maybe this will be inspire inspiration enough for you to tell one of them to listen, so they can like come at me. It's fine. Like you're not like totally yeah. incorrect. Like <laughs> I'm just okay. Okay. So what were you, what was your what was your point? Okay. Tell your shitty snobbish friends to meet me at my pond <laughs> for what? A fight? I don't know. I'll throw my printer at them. <laughs> <laughs> been working a lot in my home gym recently. I got the biceps. I can throw uh, printers real hard. We'll meet at the just say, hey, meet at the house of the pond. They'll know where it is. So I, I think your advice is sound. I don't think anything. <laughs> I don't think anything is like necessarily incorrect. I just think like, what if you have other issues? What if you like have to flush multiple times? How do you deal with that? I think you have to just if you're concerned enough to like follow through with this, you just have to fucking commit. You just commit. You just commit. Maybe you say, I mean, are they, there was no, okay. No one's going to ask you, Ryan. It's not like when you're coming out, I think you said that line, they're not going to like grab you by the arm and be like, how come I heard you flush multiple times? Like that's not going to happen. So, you know, you just got to commit to it. But they also are going to be like, damn, that bathroom stinks. And you have to be like, there's a guy before me. You're at all, you're also preparing for the worst. Well, what do you, well, yeah, but what do you mean? I mean, you, well, you did the worst. You're the one who did the worst. I just think I just think if you have to tell if you have to tell the next guy that you know hey it was the guy before me because it smells so bad in there you're probably having to flush multiple times too because that's it's a pretty bad one right like I don't know maybe it's just stinky maybe you don't I don't know either way just fucking fake it till you make it no people aren't gonna notice people are gonna know they're gonna be on their phone they're gonna be like fucking around on TikTok like you would be and they're gonna be like liking vampire lip syncing videos and be like oh no they're not gonna be paying attention to the number of flushes like do you really listen to the number of fl- like if you're at a bar let's say you're at a bar a pub etc like when you're waiting for the bathroom you're oh, just like a hundred percent like if I'm if I have to take a, if I have to go to the bathroom and people are flush I'm like okay flush they're done and then they don't come out and there's another flush I'm living. Now I'm upset. <laughs> I need, you know, like, go out front of the bathroom. Like, what's the, you know, you pee outside? I don't know. But, like, there's definitely a multiple flush thing for sure. Like, you can't deny it. You're acting like it's no big deal, but it's really a thing. Like, I mean, then, then I, my solution is for a normal flusher. Okay. If this is like a double flush situation, then you're fucking on your own. Then you got to figure something else out. Take a fork to it. I don't know. Bring a fork, bring a fork with you into the bathroom. What is that? And do? then just, yeah, then you can fish it out and like you know put, put stomp it stomp it down the shower drain. Like you're not coming up with ideas; you're just coming up with ways to like fucking fuck over my goddamn. Wisdom. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think your ideas are bad. I, I said that it is sound. You're trying to come up with like, oh well, okay. No, what if you're no, in the no. bathroom, but then nine eleven happens? Just, I don't. I can't come I'm up just, with all the fucking solutions I'm just here, trying, Ryan. I'm all I'm saying is that like also these are these are things that happen more often to me than like the bathroom like smelling that that bad like. And I have to explain myself on the way out. Like, maybe I have to flush twice, you know? And now, if I had to pee, why would I flush twice? Maybe you were peeing on poop. <laughs> Damn, Eric. This is What if you were peeing on poop? This is really breaking to... down, like... You're coming up with all these fucking scenarios. Like, what if somebody hands me lasagna while I'm pooping? Like, you're coming up with... <laughs> this is one scenario that I don't think is, like, that outrageous, like... I'm coming up with this... 
solution for the most common scenario that plays out. If you want, like, if you have a fucking dirty ass poop where you need a double flush, figure out another fucking plan. Okay, this is maybe that'll be next episode's wisdom. My wisdom is for a normal poop with a single flush. And someone's waiting outside the door to use the bathroom. Well, why would you flush twice? Like, okay, so if you're in that scenario, if you're concerned about it, you wipe as much as you need to, and, and then, I mean, you're, you're probably going to have a dirty butt. But you cannot risk that second flush. You just can't risk <laughs> oh, the second flush. Right. Or, right. or, 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 wipe, and then put it in the, in the bath, in the um, garbage. I, I avoid shitting at all costs. Anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> at anyone's house. I, I it's a weird strictly sentence. at home and then I'm an after shower, like a shower after. Like that's in the morning, shower after. That's, okay. you know, that's it. If I'm at work and I have to, which happened once, but one time and I, wait, not, not wait. In my life since I've been, okay. not <laughs> since I moved to, to, to Vegas. Okay. You're a Vegas one work shitter. One time. One shitter, one, time. one, sh- one shit worker. Got it. Right. It was bad. Like, I, you know, it was, it was awful. Like, but I had, you know, but that's fine because it was early in the morning. No one was waiting outside the bathroom asking me, like, you know, what's going on. Yeah, there's a guy before me. See, see <sighs> uh, but I will avoid, I will be sick in my stomach before I take a shit at a party that I don't want to take a shit at. Like, you know, like, for <laughs> sure. That's just my thing. You just don't, you just don't do it. You know? Well, that doesn't seem like great wisdom. I think my wisdom is better than your wisdom in this scenario. Uh, Ryan's wisdom shrub. Uh, just get sick to your stomach rather than shitting at another person's home. Just go to the local Safeway, like if you have to, like if you step out <laughs> or something. Like. Fucking grocery store bathrooms, Ryan. Come just on, just leave. Just get out. <laughs> go take your time. Relax. There's no point of taking a sh- if you're not relaxed. Like you know, so just shit at a Jack in the Box, everybody. <laughs> I think I think that does it. Those those wisdom trees always go in interesting directions. Well, uh, I think we're all set. Uh, we will be back on February 10th with a very sexy Valentine's Day themed episode. Ryan's going to tell us all about his hot plans, his steamy plans for Valentine's Day this year. Don't, don't miss it. Episode 45. And with all that said, if you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard and you can stick it, brother. Maybe you are peeing on poop. <laughs>